Where on the Street Fighter timeline should Capcom hold the events of Street Fighter VI? We discuss the potential of a venture into the past to feature important and intriguing characters that we've yet to see on any playable roster. Plus, Catalyst meets a big goal with Monat, and we examine what types of Street Fighter V characters seem to do the best in tournament in order to determine what types of characters the game could use in its final DLC season, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey yo, how's it going everybody? Uh, it's uh, it's going pretty darn well. I'm going to answer for everyone. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> going better than it was uh, previously. Uh, I'm sure, you know, some people's heads are still um, in a bad spot, but you know, we're going to talk about fighting games and try to have some fun with this, and that's where we're at. So. I have some some good news. Yesterday, we, uh, my fiance Brittany and I, finalized um, a venue for our wedding. So now we know where we're going to do it at. All right, there you go. And uh, is this one with the open bar? It is. It, oh. we're, we'll have three hours of open bar. <laughs> You're going to regret that. But no, 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 no. Never mind. We'll edit that part out. You, you didn't hear that. But anyway, so yes, uh, we're definitely looking forward to it. But uh, we did also want to talk about timelines for street fighter six like i know this is something you've been researching you 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 put up a story on the web like uh where are you going with this so far yeah well okay so i i I always like to qualify this because we still have plenty of fuel left in the tank for street fighter five and a lot of people would say well you know we, we should speculate on that and we have and we do and we will continue to but at the same time there's no chance in hell that capcom isn't beginning to think about put the puzzle pieces together you know put the borders around uh, street fighter six or whatever their next venture is going to be and so it's kind of nice to think about that start getting the discussion slowly but surely out there because hey you know maybe they're in a place of development where saying one thing or another might influence them in a certain direction who knows but it's also kind of fun to speculate on and uh, as I as I think about this, uh, uh, and just to jump in here, it's we do have you know proof over the years of stuff we suggested and the community suggested that has gone into these games. It's a consistent thing, and I mean, I would bet several thousand dollars and and have no issue with it that Street Fighter Six is currently in development and being worked on. Uh, ono has alluded to as much, and I mean, it's just a way that these games work. You you can't uh, just randomly spring up and and you know start a game and have it done in six months or whatever. I guess you could, but we've been down those roads before. And my let's goodness, not do that. Yeah, let's not do that. Uh, so it's in development now. Um, whether they call it Street Fighter Six or Alpha Four, we think it's gonna be Street Fighter Six. But these suggestions can carry weight, and you know, get back to Capcom and help them kind of maybe go down some you know path- pathways that they have not anticipated before, or or maybe that backs up an idea they have already got or whatever. So we wanted to, to uh, throw some things out there. Yes, exactly. So I was thinking about it, and there's plenty of different things they could do with it. They could extend the timeline beyond the uh, the forefront, which I believe is the story in Street Fighter 3. I think that's as far as the timeline goes. They're all over the place. Uh, but Street Fighter 3 is the chronologically latest one. And then, of course, Street Fighter 1 is the very beginning. I think that's set in 1987, if my research, or my memory from my research serves me correctly. But I was thinking... You know, I'm always gravitating towards the old dudes, you know, Goken, and and when we want DLC characters, Gotetsu pops up in my wish lists quite often. And one of my absolute favorite fights in all of Street Fighter canon, or not even canon, but just all Street Fighter uh, presentation, is the one from the Alpha movie from, I think it was 2005, where uh, Akuma fights Gotetsu. And it's, it's such an epic, amazing an animated show, whatever, but it's, it's, it's really fun. And I realize, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of characters that we almost already have something of a relationship. Like we almost know them just because they're so often referenced by the characters that we do regularly see in these games. Chun-Li, for example, always talking about how Bison killed her father and how that's a major motivator for her to do what she's doing. Dan's father, Go, was actually a legitimate fighter. And Dan, sadly and, and tragically and somewhat comically, is trying to basically fill his father's uh, shoes and, uh, you know, accomplish things in his father's name because he was killed at the hands of Sagat, but not before taking Sagat's eye. I would love to explore and see what happened in that particular interaction. 
Uh, and then, of course, I mentioned Gotetsu. So my thought is, what if we went way back in the past and did the timeline back before Street Fighter where Ryu and Ken, for instance, were too young to be, uh, you know, fighting and, and, and being be part of the, uh, the, the roster given that timeline um, and, and investigate what these older characters uh, might be like and and you know it'd be really cool because they're gonna echo for sure they're gonna echo the kind of characters that we're already used to chun Li's father for instance right he's probably gonna have a few moves that you go you know they don't serve the exact same purposes or work in the same ways but you go oh there was like maybe the way chun Li was inspired to develop lightning legs or spinning bird kick maybe that was from this technique that her father did you know and he plays in a well, like kind of like an echoey same uh, general idea but there's so many different um, interesting routes to go here. And uh, and I think that it just generally would be a really cool uh, direction to take the series and explore these older characters. Yeah, I agree. It's a, We don't have to look far in multiple forms of media to see that origin stories are a big deal. You know, the Marvel movies and other stuff like you kind of want to know how your favorite characters got to that point. Um, in the case of like someone like Batman, that origin story has been done so many times. We're like, yeah, you don't have to do that one again. We're good. We understand it. But with the Street Fighter characters their origin story is like it's hidden you know it's there's very little that's been documented actually in game almost all the stuff comes out of the game uh and and so just approaching the subject would be huge and i think a lot of people would enjoy it yeah yeah for sure and it also opens up the potential for you have older characters that are in the lore right but maybe you have a handful of other new characters but they come from familiar places so like one of the examples here might be you know, you have T-Hawk, and maybe this is set before T-Hawk's time, but it's like someone from T-Hawk's tribe or village that fights in a similar style that maybe maybe was T-Hawk's mentor, maybe a father figure, mother figure, whoever. Uh, but you could do something with them, and and um, basically it's it, there's plenty of places to go to get already established characters, to get characters that could just be out there in that particular part of the ether and you could very easily form them um, based on the themes that they're uh, they're obviously already surrounded by uh, another idea i had was maybe you know 12 from street fighter 3 he's the 12th in a line of experiments right well maybe you go back down the line and it's from a few years back and they're on number three or something along those lines mm -hmm. uh, that might be cool too and then you could have them be similar to 12 but not the same exact thing but you can't, as we learned in Street Fighter 3, launch one of these games without having some staple characters in there, like Ryu, like Chun-Li. Uh, yeah, and I mean, just on that note, Capcom has told us they're like, we're not going to do a Street Fighter game without Ryu and Chun-Li in it. They they have to be in every Street Fighter game we do. And that's just a lesson they learned, as you said, probably from, from Street Fighter 3. Um, Ryu was in the game from the start, I guess, but uh, Chun-Li was not. You know, she was added later on. Um, and Street Fighter 3 is... Generally seen, I know by the fans, they love it, but it, by Capcom and a lot of other people, it's seen as, I don't know, a failure is, is too strong of a word there, but like definitely not a the success that Street Fighter 4 and, and the latter titles have had. I mean, Street Fighter 5, for as much as people knock it, still sold 4.5 million copies on a single console, right? Like there's no Xbox release of this um, and it's never going to happen either. And it's still sold you know, 4.5 million copies. That's great. Um, so it, it's Street Fighter 3 is definitely the... Um, the least successful of the main Street Fighter entry games that we've had. Yeah, commercially speaking, right? Like yeah. getting people to to buy it, not not necessarily to play it, but to buy it. And so you'd have to have Ryu and I'd say Chun on your starting roster, and maybe you threw a few other ones just to depending on you know dealer's choice at that point. But uh, Capcom has not been very strict at all with their Street Fighter stories, their timelines and whatnot. There's been plenty of retconning. There's been plenty of just just flat out change it. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, case in point was Goken in Street Fighter Four, right? He was supposed to be dead, but then they're like, "Well, we but we want him. We want him in the we want him on the roster." So you know what? He was just sleeping, and he's been sleeping for a long time, and muscular atrophy isn't a thing. So he wakes up and he's ready to go, and he starts fighting, right? And Actually, and we were. 
one of the things they said about that is in Japan, apparently, a character being dead and just showing up, like, doesn't need, you don't need an explanation in Japan. Like, they said, like, it's, it's just fine, apparently, over there. Oh, does that just well, happen in Japan? I guess so. Uh, and apparently in America, they needed some explanation for him. I forget, like, he, like, he was, yeah, he was sleeping the entire time. Like, he had the power of nothingness or whatever and stuff like that. And he comes back. But yeah, um, his muscles definitely didn't go away. He just he was working out hardcore while sleeping or something. He's so. ridiculous. He's one of the most ripped characters. <laughs> and that's saying something in the street fighter world right so but the point is you don't have to do too much Uh, you can finagle things and you're pretty free to do so and the priority is to get the characters on the roster that you want over making sure that the story stays consistent and and so you know pick your gimmick as to how you're going to get ryu and chun back in this particular time Oh, I, I should mention this also. It was on this podcast uh, over a year ago, uh, Born Free, buddy that um, we haven't seen a ton from recently, but he uh, he's he likes to theorize about this kind of stuff all the time. And he had a this basic like, idea. He said, um, I'd like to do it or I'd like to see a Street Fighter Origins where you go back and it's set further back in the timeline and you see people like Chun-Li's father and and things like that. So a lot of overlap there. Uh, This particular idea kind of came up again during, uh, you know, our event hubs conversations about like, what, what, what are we looking at? Street Fighter six? Is there anything there? What could we speculate on? Oh, this would be kind of cool. And so it kind of came up again, but, but uh, I'm not the first to kind of explore this space by any means. And uh, Mark born free actually put up a video that I would uh, suggest you go check out because he's, he's got a lot of passion about this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's always fun to hear him theorize and and speculate on on things like this but anyways um so as far as the story goes though he did it by saying that you could just have flashbacks and then on the main roster um all the characters that were either in the older part of the the story or the newer kind of like you know assassin's fist the web series there was actually two timelines that never obviously merged but you had characters from um, modern day and you had characters from the flashback and they just kind of were parallel And then on the main roster, you just have everybody. You could do it that way. You could also have some kind of a time travel gimmick where the, uh, you know, the world warriors have to go back in time for whatever reason. Uh, Raiden shows up in a little cameo and (laughs) takes them back to time. I hate time travel gimmicks. I just, unless you're going to like, you know, base the whole movie on like a back to the future or something like that, like that, sure. You know, but like, I just hate it because it's like, it just seems like such a, uh, a gimmick to get certain things done. And it yeah. just, it always feels weird. And I don't know, I, I just, I don't really like it. But um, uh, one of the ways I, I thought they could do it is that, yeah, they start, you know, the games like before we've ever seen them start before, before Street Fighter 1, before Alpha. Uh, but just because they start there, it doesn't mean they have to end there. Uh, as they could take the storyline through several uh, years of time. And if they wish to get like specific characters added to the roster, which we know is a big deal in this day and age with DLC, like there's certain characters you just want to have in there. So, they could start before like the alpha games took place and advance the story all the way up until Street Fighter 3, which, as you mentioned, that's the end of the timeline as we have it currently. Mm-hmm. And, and Street Fighter 3's like full progression might be like too far to go. But as we've seen with Street Fighter 5, you can add elements of Street Fighter 3 in there. Um, and, and we also know with the MK games, like they revisited a number of events. Um, and I don't even think that would be off the table. Like for me. Ryu is like one of the most popular characters in video games, not just fighting games, video games. He is one Mm -hmm. of the biggest characters and his origin story has never been told properly in game. That is mind blowing to me. Like all this lore, all this other kind of stuff. We know it came from like comic books and movies and other things like a little bit in game, but not a lot. Like he's kind of a a finished product by the time we see him in these games. Usually Um, he he basically just shows up in fights and having a strong origin story for one of the biggest characters in video games is a no-brainer why have you not done this uh you you throw in people like akuma ken uh you know guile chun li and other stuff like their stories are a little bit more fleshed out but these are gigantic video game characters and and just solidly telling their story in game the key word here is in game should be immensely popular with fans just yeah it, there's there's plenty of opportunity to do with the story what Mortal Kombat or NRS has done with their with their stories, right? Or make it a, a bigger selling point. People are already enthralled with the Street Fighter story. They follow it. They can tell you, you know, Blanca was created by eels or verse, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> um, and all the the different variations and, and such. But 
you know, people are already excited because it's sort of it's sort of a tangential thing to something that people care about uh, to begin with very passionately. And so there's there's already a certain sense of intrigue and charisma uh, that it that it gets just by being what it is. And but it certainly hasn't it needs to be refurbished and paid a lot more attention to and watered and nurtured and grown and there's a lot that you could do here that would resonate with people that they would really appreciate if you took the time to do it um now again i I started this little segment uh, this process here with saying that it's not that important because we haven't made it important before capcom hasn't made it important before and uh, you know with my objectives here it is more to it's more to get certain characters or or have access to certain characters um, in a Street Fighter game. That still is my top priority. And like I said, I don't personally really care how they do it with the story. Um, I don't need a story at all. But that's, I mean, I'm not the majority there. And I know there's a lot of people that, that do care very much about that. And you I can appreciate. You can't look at uh, NRS the sales and say that story is not important anymore in fighting games. Uh, anyone uh, that is a business uh, developer, like they work on the business side of fighting games, and they look at that is a freaking moron if they don't see that the story mode for these games is extremely important you mm-hmm. need to get in there you need to nail it i mean again i get that street fighter 5 was like you know pretty questionable on the quality i enjoyed it i know a few other people did but at least it was there eventually you know they eventually got it into the game um it's most people realize that you need to do this at some point you know and, and do it well and if you do it well you can get like the 10 million in sales that nrs is like pulling in i think almost per title now i, I don't know how much mk11 has done but again these guys do incredibly well with their story modes and it it's it, people want it it's dramatic proof that people want it but yeah and we saw a drastic change for the better in this direction with what street fighter 5 did with his story compared to previous ones right which were just mm-hmm. kind of walls of text or, or like a slideshow or maybe uh, some brief animation clips but nothing like a shadow falls which was this whole cinematic story now was it executed very well it was forgettable except for that i know zangief broke a sword with his chest hair <laughs> but i mean it, it's a step in the right direction and you could absolutely make one of those uh, on this level where you know, you have the conflict between Go Hibiki and Young Sagat, right? Like that would be super cool. And maybe maybe it's the sequence where Go takes Sagat's eye, but it's not, you know, yeah. quite where Sagat actually kills him yet or something like that, right? Or maybe Gen and, and Chun-Li's father, because from what I recall, Gen was um, one of the people that trained Chun. Um, if that's correct, maybe Gen and Chun-Li's father meet before, uh, before Chun's old enough, right? Or before she's born. Um, and they have some kind of agreement where, you know, if something happens to me, please train my daughter or something like, like something behind the scenes, you know, there's a plenty of stuff that you could flesh out that would be very interesting. It's, there's an insane amount. It, it, just one thing to throw out there. It's been done in the game before, but, um, Bison killing Nash or Charlie, whatever you want to call him. Like that was done before in the alpha games, but it's like, it wasn't, it was done with a few slides and like, you know, like a helicopter comes up and shoots them or whatever and stuff i mean it's very basic like you could actually have that be a whole narrative and like guile bison and nash are three gigantic characters in this franchise and like even that alone could take up a whole story mode like there's so much material here that they could work with that has never been touched before and all the stuff you're saying too it's like my head is exploding with like how much stuff like even blanca like falling out of the plane or doing whatever like and falling into the jungle like Mm -hmm. seeing that happen uh when he was jimmy i guess right like i mean it would be sad but it would also be kind of cool to see like his origin um but yeah Yeah. So I didn't want to put too much of a parameter around this because again, I'm just aimed at getting these, this basic idea going, but I did do some actual research where you looked at dates and you looked at timelines and such. And so what I found was that street fighter one, which is where the story sort of begins is in 1987. And um, my, my idea here was that I wanted Ryu and Ken to be a little bit too young to be able to participate in the, uh, like as their modern day, um, as they appear in modern day, but of course, if you were to gimmick them from the future or something like that, you could have them fight in that form. But as far as the timeline goes, too young for them, which means that if it's 1975, uh, there's a handful of birth dates out there, and I think Bison would be 21, Sagat would be 20, um, and then like Dalsim's like 28, something like that. But you could have those kinds of characters, and then you could also have 
the kind of timeless characters. So Oro is an ancient hermit. He could be around very easily for that. Yeah. Gen was born in, I think, 1921 or something like that. So he'd still be something like, you know, 50 years old, something like that. Q has no backstory. So, hey, Q could yeah, be around. Who knows? Definitely. I, one thing to, to be very clear with, too, is Capcom stripped all the, the birth years out of their um, lore. Basically, I don't know exactly when it happened. I want to say it was like around the Street Fighter 3 era or something. But they, they used to put birth dates in there and they completely retconned all those out. So uh, there is some wiggle room for them to do kind of whatever they want to do. And I think one of the reasons how come they did that is like Ryu and Chun-Li now would be about 60 years old or, or yeah. you know mid-60s or something like that. It's a little hard to get like too amped up about you know, like a bunch of 60 year old fighters duking it out you know so it's there's some reason how come they did that so there's a flexibility yeah yeah <laughs> that'd be funny though like this just really old straight fighter <laughs> and hey that, that next week's podcast we'll explore yep. that there you go uh, you know i did this story and it's it's got plenty of of discussion in the comment section as people respond to it liking it or not liking it you know one of the the threads that i'm seeing pop up more often than most is uh, i put ingrid on the potential list of characters which i thought would be good one because if you go back there are not a lot of female characters in the older stories you know like the masters or the or the parental figures it's a lot of men so i'm trying to balance that out because if you launched a roster with like one or no female characters i don't think people would accept that very much either um so i'm going through trying to find like where i can where i can find legitimate um instances where i can put a female character in and ingrid pops up because she's a goddess right uh, but people do not suddenly want ingrid and like that's weird to me because whenever we post you know, fan art and such. When there's an Ingrid one, people usually hone in on that and talk about how excited they are about her and how much they love her. But when I put it in this story, man, people did not want her. And and yes, I know she's not officially canon. That does not matter to me at all. We've had Evil Ryu for forever. And plus all the stuff that I just spoke about, about Capcom not really caring and retconning and all that stuff. It's like Ingrid's just fine. She passes yeah. the, uh, she passes the test to be on here, uh, but apparently not by fan preference standards. Yeah, it's a you kind of either like her or hate her. I think she's very polarizing. Oddly enough, um, is I've there never a reason? A... I don't like. Know. I've never yeah, played. I, I never played as Ingrid or against her. Like I didn't play that game. Yeah, she was only like in Alpha Three Max. Like she's not in Alpha Three proper. She was only in. I think that's it anyway. And that's like it was like a portable version of the game or whatever. And I'm like, eh. I, I've never followed her that closely, so I I never got the the hype surrounding her. Um, circling back here to, to give more evidence that, that Capcom would be interested in this timeline, all the official Street Fighter Assassin's Fist content I could find uh, is not public on YouTube anymore. They had to take it down. I don't know where the rights are at or what's going on with it. Uh, I remember myself just really enjoying the series. And then, like, you know, the, the critics and the fans all seemed to really enjoy it. Like, it was uh, it was well-received overall. Uh, and, and from what I could see, it had six and a half million views on it. That's pretty good, especially for content like you can't find on the web anymore. And I don't even know exactly when it was stripped down. Um, I think it was a couple years ago. Uh, but, but regardless. Um, and then back before Capcom re-released, uh, Super Street Fighter 2 HD Remix, the lead designer of the game, David Serlin, he mentioned there was a large amount of support for doing Street Fighter Alpha 3 instead, re-releasing that game. Uh, this was actually one of Capcom's biggest selling franchises in the late 90s with 1 million copies sold on the PlayStation 1. It, that gives you people an idea that like fighting games are really big right now. I don't know uh, if they're as big as they've ever been, but they're definitely very large. Uh, I, they're probably bigger than they've ever been because there's just more gamers out there right now, right? But... Mm. Um, Anyway, uh, the reason I bring this up is we know there was internal support for a re-release of Alpha 3, so it adds a bit more weight to the theory that Capcom might be a little more fond of this timeline, the older timeline, internally. I'm not saying it makes it a lock for Street Fighter 6, just that we know there's some internal support for a game that exists in this timeline, and, and it could make a lot of sense for him. So... I personally feel like, again, just starting there and then actually revisiting each entry along the way in terms of the storyline and such would be epic. And you only focus on the people who have really cool storylines. Sorry, Dudley people out there who want to see Gil steal his car and make him enter the tournament. We're not going to go into that one. But like Alex coming up and, you know, being like this kind of like hype character who's like, you know, the the, um, the protagonist of Street Fighter 3 and like Oro and like the main core storyline, like the real highlights of each game and exploring those like 
like with a chapter for each one. So like chapter one is Street Fighter one and chapter two is Alpha and so forth and so on. Like we would get to revisit Street Fighter four. We get to revisit Street Fighter three and basically do a greatest hits version of Street Fighter that we've never had before and, and just kind of blow it out of the water and make it a great epic story mode. And I will say now I, that's pretty ambitious and whether Capcom could do it well, that's up for debate. Hopefully they'd hire some outside people to punch up the script and the execution of it if they feel like they're not up to the task. Uh, NRS has developed an amazing team at this and Capcom clearly knows how to do it in their other divisions with Resident Evil and Devil May Cry. Um, this should be entirely reasonable for a goal for them to pull off to have excellent single player campaign for, for people to play through. It's just, there's kind of like at this point in time, there should be no excuse. Like, just delay the game for a little bit longer. Get that single-player campaign in there. Uh, make it as epic as you can. Don't do, hey, Bison, he has white hair. We're totally going to tell you about that and then not mention it at all. <laughs> Why does Ken look that way? Did he get in a car accident like he got in the, the Malibu like <laughs> comics and stuff like that where Balrog beat him up or something? Like, what happened? Don't explain it at all. Like, it's just, there's there's so much stuff they just did not touch. Don't ever do that again. Um, it, it's give us an epic storyline. I don't really kind of, I, I, this is my preference. I'd love to see a greatest hits version because it's never been done before in terms of just telling Street Fighter story properly. Um, but I'm also like, I, I don't know if that's too amb ambitious for what Capcom is capable of. Why would it be too ambitious? Because it's starting to sound, okay, this is an apples to apples, but it's starting to sound like what they did with the arcade mode in Street Fighter V. They broke that up across the different um, uh, games, right? And then they have, you can play as the characters from those eras in those arcade modes. Expand this out to the story mode, and then, of course, it also applies to the game's roster in general, so it's a very you know wide berth. But, you know, we, we're seeing this kind of thing happen more and more. Larger launch rosters, uh, I need I bring up Smash Bros. That's kind of an anomaly, and it's out, out there in the fringe, but hey, they did it, and they did it with like seventy characters. So, mm -hmm. uh, and when we're talking Capcom, this is AAA Street Fighter fighting games, I think that it's it's not too much to ask of them. It's too much to ask if you look at their history, and <laughs> and that's what I'm afraid of. Just like you said about Street Fighter Five story mode, Zangief, the most memorable mo moment is him blocking a katana blade with his chest hair, and it's like that's one of the things that sticks out to all of us. And there's like something going on with chest pieces and the moon, and like the moon is like the Death Star or whatever, and it's like what, like what is even happening with all this stuff? Like, and I, a coherent storyline that's actually capable of being followed and all this kind of stuff like I, I think Capcom owned it from the, the get-go Ono actually talked about Street Fighter 5 story mode and said look we're not going to be as good as NRS and he has cited NRS as just being you know excellent at what they do he has, has flat out said that um, and I mean, NRS didn't even start with like a, the gold standard, like Mortal Kombat nine, which a lot of people look back on as being like, kind of like where fighting games really took off. It was actually uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC where they started doing the story mode type stuff. Uh, and then of course people remember MK nine because it was done so well. Well, I'm kind of hoping that that history can kind of repeat itself there with street fighter five where it started there with Capcom, but street fighter six kind of like puts it over the top, but I mean, man, it just, you know, Capcom scares me. Yeah, and I hear you 100% there. Uh, this is I'm living in La La Land and fantasy potential land where everything gets done the best way it can. But as I think about NRS, and I, and I played through the MK9 or MK2011 story, I don't remember a ton out of it, but what I remember was it was impressive in presentation. It was impressive because it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting just something like the walls of text and the few slides after you beat the game. I wasn't expecting this whole story. Um, now that said, I don't remember much of the specifics of it. As far as a story goes, it wasn't. It didn't move me in in very many emotional directions and such. That in and of itself, I mean, that's already been imitated by Street Fighter with a Shadow Falls here, right? In Street Fighter Five, they've already kind of done that. Um, and and the story itself, like, well, it, that's not new anymore. If 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 Capcom were the first to do that, like, if they had launched a Shadow Falls or something like it before we saw NRS do their thing, I think it would have been a bigger splash. Mm. The next place to go with it though, because they can already do that and maybe they'll up their graphics or whatever, but that's not gonna have a lot of impact at this point. What's gonna work and what's gonna make a story mode memorable now that the, the glitz and glam of having the updated cinematic presentation be a thing, it's gonna come down to if it moves you. And I think the best way to do that is to focus on character interaction. Right. Focus not on, oh, there's a giant laser that's going to blow up the world. How do we stop it? Well, we fight bison now. OK, and then there's a fight with bison. But 
getting back to the the most compelling parts of this is like the relationship the competition between ryu and ken and how ken usually beats ryu but then ryu's you know like divided or, or conflicted and battling the dark hado inside and and um you know ken's more off like to go be a family man and then like how do those two different like different approaches how do they interact once these two come together in the wilderness to fight and train with each other what we talked about earlier with go hibiki and his legacy and 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 his son watching while he fights Sagat and Sagat at this point would be evil and part of Shadaloo's, you know, base. And then Sagat has a story arc. Uh, actually, you know, as I think about Street Fighter V, when um, it was it when Kage came out or when Sagat came out, one of those two, there's the pre-story mode that actually is kind of interesting. It, it has to do with like there's like the benevolence of Sagat or like mm-hmm. he, he he fights with Kage and he says something like really insightful. And, and I mean, I don't remember it enough to recall it directly, but it, it left a lasting impact on me. And with where we're going here, with where we're starting, we're going back to the origins of these characters to parts of the story that have already repeatedly got our attention. They resonate with us already. So you've already sort of done the foundational work these are the 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 laces are there just tie them now together go back and tie them flesh out the details but you already have the foundations of a story that people are interested in hearing so you've got yourself set up just kick the ball now charlie brown you know just go for it it it, it, and i agree with you it's it's not that simple but i mean it can be done you know it's it's just um and i I look back at capcom having so much success with street fighter 4 and and one of the ways they hyped up the game was that it was returned to their street fighter 2 roots that is how they marketed a lot you know they they weren't going to go even more complex than street fighter 3 they weren't going to do that they're like no we're going to actually bring the game's execution and a bunch of other things way back down that's how they marketed street fighter 4 very heavily um and and i would less on the execution thing but i would like to see um uh street fighter 6 be a return to their story roots have like hey here's you know here's the origin of story of all these characters you love that have never been told properly and told in a way that's excellent and gonna bring you in and then i, I mean it's capcom they do a great job with the gameplay every time out uh, i know some people want to debate that but guess what like their games are always played they're always some of the highest entrance games and tournaments and other stuff like that they take on a life of themselves pretty much every single numbered entry in a street fighter game uh, i have yet to see one that has not taken off in the community and done very well alpha 3 might be a little bit of an exception alpha 1 i get it but they were still played at least for some time right yeah. um it, it's capcom's a history of doing great with their gameplay is pretty darn evident that's not the stuff i worry about i worry about the surrounding things and, and i would really love to see them do something great with street fighter 6 yeah man one of the things that uh, that immediately jumps out to me is the charm of seeing uh, where these moves came from, you know. So when and we got that with Goken because he was doing tatsus and he was doing fireballs and such, but they were his own uh, style where you could see where they came from, but they certainly didn't function in the same way that Ryu's or Ken's or even Akuma's did, right? Yeah. And then so you have like Akuma and Goken's move sets. They got stuff like the demon flip and tatsus and fireballs and sometimes air fireballs. You got to like, well, what did Gotetsu, what was his actual arsenal that he taught them that, yeah. that was like the starting point for this? There's a charm to that. And like, I'm, I'm intrigued so with it. Cool. Yeah. It, it just, it's that foundation is, there's so much like mystery and, and finally having that revealed, man, I, I would play the Yoga. shit out of that. Like I would just like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I want that right now. You know, kind of thing like, hey, make me, I, I will peak double price to get that crap right now I'll, I'll buy it five <laughs> times i don't care you know kind of thing like give me that i want that so bad and i mean it, it's it, there's proof of that like there's a lot of gamers out there that want that it's never been done before and and just do it but yeah for sure all right so moving on here uh, i did want to give a, a shout out here to john uh, my co-host and then uh, steven dream king because uh, with their help i was able to make it into the top 10 on cfn for monot players uh, i was very stoked because that's a goal of mine here before uh, all the dlc comes out uh, hint, hint for Street Fighter V that may make me change my main um, for some reasons <laughs> I'm not going to get into. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is is to talk about setting your own personal goals. Uh, most people who pick up a guitar aren't expecting to become the best person who ever touched an instrument, right? You can find a lot of satisfaction and enjoyment in just measuring your own progress. Learning to play a few songs at parties and, and to sing with friends and all that other kind of stuff, like that's 
satisfying. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And, and I look at fighting games in a, a very similar fashion. I'm not looking to go win Evo or go win Capcom Cup or anything like that. Like, it would be nice, but I know I don't have the time to put into those type of things. So I'm setting up goals for myself that I think I can reasonably achieve. And, like, they're enjoyable to me, right? And making it to the, the top 10 on, on the CFN before the, the new DLC came out was a huge goal of mine. Um, and, and it was like, and I'm, I'm stoked that I hit it. Um, and this is just a reminder out there to everyone listening that set your own reasonable goals for yourself. And it's a fun way to measure your progress in these games and just kind of enjoy the ride. Like don't measure yourself up against Punk or Tokido or Daigo or anyone like that. Like that's that's too far for most people unless, you, you know, your goal is to win Capcom Cup. Like then go ahead. But if it's not, if you're just there to like, you know, get into an, a new you know rank or, or to, to have like a 10 win streak or do something like that, that's a perfectly reasonable goal and a fun way to really approach these games. Yeah, and I would even say divide your goals into smaller ones that you can see and check off as you go. I think I've talked about that before, but that's immensely helpful. So make your, you know, make some longer term goals for like a month from now, make a goal for this week, make a goal for today and make them all reasonable for the time frames because it's really nice to see the progress that's where the uh, that's where the dopamine drip or the serotonin drip i don't know which one applies to the situation directly but that's where the good feels come from that continue to motivate you to to get back on tomorrow and continue in the next day and the next day and and actually make that change happen so uh, do it that way is my recommendation and also congrats okay. you know it's funny uh, we were talking about uh, John was talking about it because he was number 11 when he had last played and he's like I'm only like what did you say like 50,000 away or something like that it was a lot um yeah oh, I was like uh 4,000 or Four. 5,000 points away from from getting to 50,000 or something oh I see okay so uh, it wasn't away from getting into top 10 because that, that didn't like, that, that didn't really check out so that, thanks for clarifying that yeah. but he was number 11 and we were talking about it I think it was it yesterday or the day before yeah. I think it was yesterday and and then you went and checked and the person that was number 10 had just had a bad day or something and ended up <laughs> dropping down to 11 yeah. and we're like oh no we got it we're, it's already good we're there yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you get your goals without even uh, without doing anything you know, <laughs> let your opponent hang themselves so to speak so well, I, I, I in my defense I did actually go on like a few like 13 14 game win streaks and stuff to get up to that point total pass. oh that yeah. wasn't yeah. meant to that wasn't meant to at all uh, uh rain on that like <laughs> that you got there that 100 and that's yeah. that's part of the way you get there and now you have to maintain it too yeah. at least until uh another character that i don't know who is it gonna be but uh, yeah. I mean, if another character comes out that, that grabs your attention then you'll have to go play with uh her or him yeah. but uh in the meantime you gotta you gotta maintain or else steven and i are gonna give you a lot of crap oh yeah yeah, it's uh, I'll try to do my best. But again, you have good days, you have bad days, and sometimes you you progress more than you realize, and you check it, and you're like, oh, oh crap, I achieved my goal without, yeah, didn't. I didn't see that in coming. So <laughs> anyway, um, getting into our next thing here, I, I broke down the tournament tough characters by category to see what style isn't as represented in tournament play as as some other ones. Uh, and right off the bat, I, I want to say that. The style you'd assume to be the most dominant in Street Fighter V actually is, uh, and that's rushdown play. You know, that's, no that's definitely, yeah, as, as people would expect. But in terms of who Capcom might be adding, though, in Street Fighter V, it's not as important as how they make them play. Uh, we've seen a number of characters kind of come into this game and be we had this expectation of how they were going to play and they actually changed them up quite a bit, right? Yeah. Um, so this is just a theory of mine of how Capcom might look to address some of the Street Fighter V's needs while adding specific playstyles in for Season 5. So I group characters into three categories, Rushdown, Zoning, and Grappler. Uh, characters were sorted for where they primarily got their wins and they're the most efficient at. For example, someone like Akuma is capable of zoning for some parts of the match, but his results have mainly come from him rushing down and mixing people up. So I gave him the, the rushdown category. Okay. And I get that I, I'm painting this with fairly broad strokes here, uh, but I thought on a basic level, this matches up with the community's perception of the game. Uh, and filling in niches of gameplay that aren't as heavily represented is a thing we know developers look at. As they've said many times through the years, that having a variety of styles and approaches is obviously very important to fighting games. We don't all want to play Ryu matches all day long, right? We want to have uh, um, uh, you know some other you know variety going with it. So, sure. So yeah, um, also I didn't include characters who might fill a, cer an, a certain playstyle, like establishing that playstyle like Falk, because the bottom line is even though this character is technically uh, a zoning playstyle, it doesn't mean they're highly effective at it 
are considered a highly effective edit by the community. I, I wanted see. to make a list which I feel represents how the community feels about the game at high levels. Um, and, and so with that in mind, uh, to include a character on my list, uh, I want them to have either won tournaments or have, have been a regular threat to have done so from season two onwards. So that means that there are easy locks like Karen and Rashid, you know, obviously, uh, but someone like Ed I did not include because this tournament track record is terrible. Uh, characters like Ryu and Nash, who were once strong in, in season one, but they're pretty much balls right now. Uh, they were not included either. Uh, so I did not include them. Um, and so I got down from 40 characters um, or 41 styles to actually 23 characters or 24 styles, counting Zeku twice because he has two stances which have two different styles with them. I see. So going through this here, out of the, the 23 characters with 24 different styles, Zeku's in there. Uh, not surprisingly, Rushdown, as I mentioned before, came out the highest with 13 characters total, while Zoning had seven and the Grapplers had four. Uh, the Grappler archetype is usually pretty niche to begin with. With the majority of, of Grapplers in Street Fighter V, uh, they're actually very effective. Like, it, it's shocking. Like, the, Capcom has not made too many Grappler types that just completely suck and, and don't work. Like, you've seen them either regularly win tournaments or do well. And, and we're talking about um, Zangief, Abigail, Laura, Mika. Um, those are all, I mean, it's, those characters are at least at the very worst, a uh, threat to win the tournament. It's, it's very uncommon to not see them kind of up there and doing something. And, and grapplers are a very niche kind of, uh, um, group to begin with. Like in most fighting games, you usually only have a handful of grapplers. And so the fact that, that the grapplers Capcom already has, they're all highly effective. It makes me think that there's not really a need to add more grappler characters in the game there. You could see it. That's also a style we talk about as like i don't know if it's volatile or or you don't want your grapplers to be the best characters in the game traditionally right mm -hmm. because they they wind up being too much of the it's it's weird and i and i i don't even feel super qualified to talk about it because i don't understand it exactly but you don't want grapplers to be the best a lot of times because they're so what 50 50 based or yeah. reads based and it just doesn't feel like but there is a place for them in the game. Like we're not upset that oh, a grappler's in the game. That means it's a it's a you know random scrub fest or whatever. But uh, there's something about them that uh, they're you know you use them sparingly and you got to use them correctly or else they can be uh, they can be issues. Mm -hmm. Now there's debate on if Birdie is truly a grappler or what he is. I personally put him as rushdown as that's typically what he's doing the most damage in, like where he's most efficient. Like he can get stuff off of his grabs, but it's not his grabs that really put the fear of God into you, right? He's more of a hybrid character than most, but I give the edge towards a rushdown. So uh, how I categorize different things, like, you know, it's up for debate. I get that. But, um, Wait, but you, so Birdie's a rushdown, but Abigail's a grappler? Uh, yes, that's exactly how I have it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to get a bunch of crap for that. Thank you. Thank you for pointing out that <laughs> different shot. But no, I get it. It's uh, there's a few fringe cases, but I think, you know, overall, the numbers kind of match up the, uh, pretty well there. Um, but the Street Fighter franchise is known for trying to keep a balance between offense and defense. So I could see Capcom trying to address this even more in season five, the final year of the game, by adding a few more zoning types into the game. Hopefully some of them actually end up being tournament viable uh, and they properly in impact the game, unlike Falk did. Um so I feel there's about six more rushdown style characters in zoning right now. And I think this means we might see more of a zoners edition with this last batch of DLC to try to address that imbalance in mm. the game. So there are a couple ways of addressing balance in games. One of them is system mechanics and universal things. Um, and, and I feel like Street Fighter V is kind of at the end of its life in that regard. I don't know if we're going to see like a red focus or anything else. I mean, it could happen. And that's definitely a way of addressing the meta of these games. But another is having characters who are strong represent certain styles of play. Like if you have your if your top ten is mostly rushdown, your your game is going to be seen as mostly rushdown. And, and if right. your top ten is mostly zoning, we saw this again in Street Fighter Four. Uh, in Super Street Fighter Four, zoning was very strong in that edition of the game, and the game was seen as very you know defensive and very neutral and stuff like that. And again, mm -hmm. that's Capcom's history. They try to get a balance between both things. And since again the system mechanics are probably done, I feel like the the best way of doing that would be kind of like a zoners edition DLC pack. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of a fun theory I'm throwing out there. Uh, you know, it's not like this is an exact science and this is exactly what, what's going to happen, but I'm like, oh yeah, this would make sense to, to try to like even things up a little bit if they went this way. So do you think that that would mean that they'd be influenced, uh, to, to select certain characters because of their play style as opposed to because of their popularity? I would think that they would be influenced, um, to alter how those characters play 
based to, to fill needs and whatnot. I Because, uh, I mean, we've seen so many characters come into this game and they play not entirely different, but fairly dramatically different than they have in the past. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't think that Capcom is, is, you know, too afraid to do that still. You know, I didn't, I am not very familiar with uh, Oro, and he's a character that's been coming up since the beginning of this game as potential DLC. He, from what I've seen, he can like kind of zone you with floaty rocks and fireballs, but he also has a command grab. And uh, what what kind of character is he? Would you put him or like what? Uh, I mean, if we're what, talking, what was he in? What was he in Street Fighter Three? He was a control character, control zoning character. He had some of the other stuff in there, um, but he mostly was going to um, uh, do a lot of mix-ups, like with his uh, head stomps and other things. Um, but I mean, it it didn't come as like a constant rushdown type thing. There were very few like just constant rushdown characters in Street Fighter Three to begin with. The the game was extremely neutral based and and defensive. Mm-hmm. So could he go? Would he be that route if they were to bring him into Street Fighter Five? Do you think he'd be like a control zoner and exactly what you're saying that the game needs right now? Or do you yeah. think that they could tweak him in a different direction and make him something else? He's pretty wide open because he's so powerful. Uh, he has a really diverse move set. I mean, Capcom could go any way they wanted to with him, um, and I mean they're not they're not afraid to completely alter moves or remove moves from the game for certain characters. So I, it could go any mm-hmm. any way. But I mean, again, I I think that this is this pack is going to be more tilted towards zoning than. than other packs have been and that goes right along with your theory that makoto would be too street fighter 5 for street fighter 5's own good yeah. right and yeah. she'd be just be all about that rush down all about the get up in your face and 50 50s and uh, people have had enough of that <laughs> so maybe not the first pick even though she's number two on the popularity poll only behind sakura yeah to me the the character choices right now if i'm capcom from where i can see things I would just try to make the fans that are still playing the game happy. I wouldn't be trying to bring newcomers in, and I'm not saying that your approach would be to do this. Um, I think that your approach technically plays on this as well. But the the first place my mind goes is just like, if we bring so-and-so in just because of who they are, is that going to get people more hyped to play the game? Or, I mean, those that you w- used to play that don't anymore to come back, things like that. Like Those would be the boxes I'd be trying to check. From my point of view, but I do think that people consider this sort of stuff and and right now the competition mindset isn't so much there because we're not having competitions. I mean, there's there's some online stuff and we've got whatever the Evo exhibition is going to be coming up. But really, the, you know, we're, we're not thinking as competitively minded right now. We're not getting the regular updates. We're not seeing who's winning and such. And we're not complaining about so-and-so because they keep getting first place or whatever like that part of the the puzzle is temporarily gone right now and so i think that's also going to impact how people process your new content as it comes mm-hmm. down the pike I agree. um but all that said uh, you know what you're saying there there's a lot to it it feels that people i i maybe i'm just not giving the benefit of the doubt but it feels like people will analyze things on a fairly surface level so like what immediately makes them excited um, and, and so obviously the identity of a character is going to be like the number one thing there. And what you're talking about is a few rungs down, you know, you have to have a little bit of uh, vision down the down the way in order to be concerned about that kind of stuff. Um, I would like to see it. I would like to see the game just get more balanced out. There being a little more of a zoning aspect so that especially if these characters counter the ones that are already really strong, something mm-hmm. like that. I would love to see that. That happened a little bit with Elena, and while I'm no fan of Elena in Street Fighter 4, she also was able to, um, she kind of countered a few weird bad match or matchups where, um, you know, or, or you could also take Blanca as an example too, against uh, the likes of Akuma where like strangely was good there. And mm-hmm. um, anything like that would be interesting right now because we've had, it's it's been like kind of on our backs like these these overpowered characters for so long doing you know the robbery stuff or whatever it is um and so for them to get kind of punched in the face a little bit would be nice yeah it it would be a different look for the game and i mean if you want that that's still there right like and this is just like hey we're going to give you a little bit more of this aspect of the game that has not traditionally been as strong in street fighter 5 and and we're going to give you quite a bit more of it and hopefully this works out okay um mike z has said this many times you know when when doing skull girls like they don't know how good these characters are going to be they have an idea but they don't know for sure like hey the you know, x character is going to be super strong or not it's it really it depends on the player base and who gets you know who decides to play these characters? Um, I've infamously said with Manat, like if Infiltration and Sako and Justin Wong didn't pick her up and play her, she'd probably be regarded as like a super low tier character. Um, 
but since uh, you know the, these incredibly skilled players decided to pick her up and use her, uh, you know she she's seen as pretty darn good now. Again, I, I I get it. Like pro players are going to you know gravitate to strong characters, all this kind of stuff. But there's a there's a separation I think between perception and reality in our community many times, uh, and we've seen that over the years. Like with um, uh, CN winning Evo again, you know, like a lot of people did not consider Gin to be that great of a character, and you know he won Evo. He was clearly uh, being underrated and whatnot. So um, there there's there's quite a bit here. It's very layered, but I, I did want to do like a very broad strokes kind of approach on this category. Can I ask where you placed Urian? Yeah, Urian is rushdown. Um, he's generally getting uh, most of his damage and most of his stuff off of his mix-ups, particularly Aegis Reflector and other things when he's up in your face. He can do some zoning, but I, I look at him a bit like Akuma, where it's like he's going to zone for a bit, but it's really just so he can get up in your face. Yeah, I agree with that. The thing about Urian and um, and I would say Gil as well, and Akuma fits into this category in a slightly different way, though, is that um, characters like this, they, they, they do their best when they're up in your face and doing their mix-ups and whatnot, right? But a lot of the options that they have because of things like how big they are. Oh, this applies to Birdie as well, right? Like Birdie's slow. You don't expect him to be much of a, uh, you know, he's like a brawling, like grappler, you know, get in your face and hammer away, but be real slow and, and therefore not too quick on his feet, you know, get around him because he can't turn too fast. But what it, what it ends up being is that they have such reach on their normals that even if they're slightly slower than what, you know, the, the other characters have, their reach is so far that that makes up for the speed and those moves become very effective at places that maybe you wouldn't think they normally would be and it's not to say that they're full-on zoners but now they have like the ability to play at a further back range and of course anywhere you're going to be strong in a fighting game is probably going to help in the other areas as well so that makes your rush down that much better because at the very base it's something else that your opponent has to consider and they can't yeah. be as ready for you know the, the main attack and things along those lines you know these characters that that do um, that seem to be the best are not only good, and this is just my opinion, um, but they're not only good at doing the rushdown that they do, but then they're also pretty good a lot of times in other places on the screen. And then they'll have moves that I, I we've kind of already established what a just do it move is, and so I don't want to say just do it, but they're they're moves that you can like throw out there. And the risk is not really there, but like if it happens to hit, you know, one in five times, it happens to work out for them for whatever reason, like an air fireball or something, they get the world off of it, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And so, you know, the, the the things that they're throwing out there, the returns are just so good from so many different distances and so many styles that I almost see Urian as definitely not a zoning character, but like you get into that mid-range control uh, argument or discussion and he's right there with the other ones that are doing that kind of stuff too, just because of, you know, well, a lot of his individual abilities and attacks and such. But yeah, the, the good ones are usually good across the board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and some people out there might be saying, like, how do you add, like, a good and interesting zoning character into Street Fighter V at this point? Like, what are, what are some recent examples of that? And I'd, I'd immediately point to Poison. And I think Poison is a character who's got gr uh, very good results now from IDOM. They're flashy despite being zoning. And, I mean, they can really hold their own. You know, definitely Poison can get in her face and do damage. But she's usually hanging around the mid-range and other spots and messing you up from there. And, and mm -hmm. I think she's a great example of how you add a dynamic and interesting character to the zoning category and, and make them good. So. Yeah, so it can be done. Um, I, I guess I would hope that there'd be a couple of those characters, but I, I would definitely hope that the five that come in, whatever they are, are a, a good variety still, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. See ya.